welcome back to the Let's Call It Nothing podcast, where we discuss all things fangirl. This season, we are talking about the A Court of Thorns and Roses series, and today we're wrapping up the first book, Court of Thorns and Roses. Yes. What happened last time? She got beat what? up. No, let's just, what has happened so far? Oh, so far. Okay, so this we human- have, We have this girl named Feyre. Yeah, this girl named Feyre. She's a human. She gets- kidnapped by this old dude named Tamlin. Because. He's old dude. He is old too. He's like four, 500 years old. Yeah, he's he's a fairy because she killed his bud. And anyway, he keeps her captive in the house and they fall in love. <laughs> Stockholm. And then he falls in love for real and there's a danger happening because of this bad bitch named Amarantha who likes to slice people up and steal their eyeballs so he's like you gotta leave so she leaves well she comes back because uh they killed a person that is in her village because she gave her name to somebody she gave the person's name to somebody instead of her own and she's like oh god she dead now so <laughs> I I and then it's sent to die so An she, entire family so she goes back for some reason <laughs> like what's done is done at this point but she goes back she finds out about this curse that uh, if she'd only told Tamlin that she loved him, then the curse would have been broken and they would have been free. Three words. Three words, but they're three hard words. How how often do we say it to each other? I love you. I love you. That happens. She goes under the mountain, which is apparently a court of some sort. I'm going to go rescue my boo. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go rescue my boo. And she's like, I've come to bargain. I've come to bargain. And Miranda's like, who's this bitch? And then she finds out that it's Hamlet's actual love. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's like, oh, we're going to have some fun, aren't mm-hmm. we? So she's signed herself up for three tasks she has to do. And then... If she she, up. <laughs> and then she can speed up. Oh, and there's also a riddle that she's got to solve. So we're starting off on chapter 35. After she's been beaten, after her arrival, Feyre woke up to the sound of dripping water in her dungeon cell. So she felt around for her injuries. She looked up to see a full moon. She wondered how long she'd been asleep because it had been a half moon when she was when she had left the human realm. So that's two we weeks. We forgot to... Cl- I think we forgot to put in the previous episode that for her tasks, they happen on a full moon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't think that's explicitly mentioned, though. Until- yeah, it is. It is. I never paid attention to that part. Okay. Uh, she heard the sound of a cracking whip and someone screams not too far away. And then she passed out again, only to be woken up by Lucian entering the cell. He tried to heal her wounds. Or he tried to treat her wounds. Um, He reset her broken nose before healing it for her. I put that in just because it's such a gruesome thing in the book itself. Mm -hmm. Like, he's like, I'm going to have to reset it. Yeah. And, like, they discuss, like, him resetting her nose. Uh, She asked if he had been trapped under the mountain. Lucian told her that all of the courts were trapped here until the trial was over. Vera asked if... The ring that Amarantha had was really Jurian, and Lucian said, yeah, it is. Thera started to ask about Tamlin, but Lucian told her the guards were about to change and he needed to leave. He told her, stay alive, because he has a long list of fairies to kill, and he didn't want to add more for Tamlin's sake. His reasoning for things. Mm -hmm. For the next few days, they gave her stale bread and water inconsistently. Then the guards dragged her into the throne room. Amarantha asked for her name. She still doesn't know this bitch's name. When Pharaoh refused to give it, Amarantha called for Resan. She asked why he had told her that Claire was 
the girl he saw. So, Feyre told Rhysand earlier on in the book, during their last confronta- confrontation, mm-hmm. that her name was Claire. Rhysand went with that information, told Amarantha they ended up bringing Claire in to under the mountain. And Rhysand was like, yeah, that's her. Is she fishy? And Amarantha's like, how come you told me that was her and not this girl? And keep in mind, he's also got mind reading abilities. Yeah, exactly. Like, he knew she was lying about her name anyway. Mm-hmm. That's always been my thing. Like, he knew. So she asked why he said that. And he was simply like, well, all humans look alike. But Pharaoh knew immediately that he was lying because whenever he came to the manor, he recognized her from the night of Calamai. Because that was the first time they met. And he knew whenever he came to the manor to talk to Tamlin and Lucian that that was the same girl. So he knows who she is and what she looks like. Mm -hmm. He's been like tapped into her mind before. He knows her name. Mm -hmm. But he's playing he's playing a game with Amarantha. And this is where he doesn't know her name. He doesn't. He he doesn't tap that far. He didn't tap that far. Oh, I feel like that wouldn't be that far in there, but... you remember I told you I woke up and immediately had to reread a, a spot? Well, maybe. I thought that would be one of the first things he could just yeah. take from her mind. Is her I mean, he could have, but I don't think he did. He has reason, so he might be like, yeah, I'm not going to figure out her name yet. Yeah. Um, they then called for Lucian to come forward so that they could ask him for Feyre's name. His four brothers stood beside Amarantha as if to taunt Lucian. Then Amarantha commanded Rhysand to use his mind powers on Lucian, basically causing him pain to the point of where he had to tell her name. So he said her name's Feyre. And then Amarantha gave Feyre the riddle, which is, as Peyton put it, essentially her get-out-of-jail-free card, if you don't remember from previously, and we've also mentioned it here again. So the riddle reads, There are those who seek me in a lifetime, but never we meet, and those I kiss, but who trample me beneath ungrateful feet. At times I seem to favor the clever and the fair, but I bless all those who are brave enough to dare. By large, my ministrations are soft-handed and sweet, but scorned I become a difficult beast to defeat. For though each of my strikes lands a powerful blow, when I kill, I do it slow. Feyre, like me, has no clue what this means. Meanwhile, I, apparently we're both very dense. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it immediately. How far? Did you know it right then and there? No. I skimmed it this last time while reading it until you were like, Caitlin, do you not know the answer? And then whenever it's mentioned again, I was like, oh, obviously. And reading it now all the way through, I was like, obviously. Did you skim it? Was that your reasoning or you just didn't? I just read it. I was at this point just trying to get through the book. So I wasn't putting any effort to figure it out myself. Okay. So Amarantha was like, think about it. I'll mm-hmm. give you time to think about it. Even though this is your way out, your easy way out, <laughs> I'm going to make it complicated for you because you're stupid. They locked her in a cell for two days until the full moon. The guards came to get her for her first trial. We're to chapter 36, and this one is a toozy. No, it's not. Um, <laughs> it's about the trial. I'm glad yeah. you get to read that, not me. <laughs> I love it. The roars of cheers and laughter echoed throughout what appeared to be the stadium. The bottom of the stadium looked like something like a labyrinth. Farrah took note of all the high lords gathered by Amarantha. She tells Farrah that she has learned a few things about her from Resand. She tells her... That she will be hunting since she's a huntress. And then it is revealed 
to be a huge worm. Okay, so let me go ahead and break it down right there. This is what they call the Midengard worm. It is not a cute little worm that you see roaming around in the dirt. Worms aren't cute. Oh, okay. Not spiky, evil creatures with multiple teeth and going to- worms aren't cute. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) this thing is like spiky or boros type thing. Um, Basically gets its name. There's some parts in it where it gets its name from the Midgard worm or Midgard serpent, which is uh, one of Loki's babies from Norse mythology. And it's the worm that wraps itself around the earth and it's eating its own tail. But once it lets go of its tail, that's when Ragnarok starts. It's a bad creature. It's a, it's a, it's a rough creature. I'm glad you put all the effort into this because I did not. <laughs> I'm just like, man, I'm glad I've seen enough Marvel movies uh-huh. to know some words. Yeah. <laughs> I like. I and lo- read enough fan fiction along with that. <laughs> I love the folklore. I love the mythology. Oh, y'all better wait. Like, I- I've already pulled out my big book. My big what? My big mythology book. I got a picture of it because I'm gonna I'm on post it on the Insta ah, of, of my big mythology book. Yeah. That's going to be later because we're going to discuss the person. Farrah was running just trying to think of something to do. Unfortunately, the labyrinth mud worked a lot like quicksand. She was noticing bones all around her and realized what this really was. Should we say it? Okay, so the, this is the uh, battlegrounds from the worm and it's not mud she's sliding in. It's uh, excrement from the worm and the bones are just what the worm couldn't digest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're going to call it mud. Um, she tried to get up the wall. One of the onlookers asked her if she needed a stepping stool. Yeah, they're just like calling out to her. Yeah, like, they're just being... F- and- tr- yeah. This gave Farrah an idea. She used the bones as a stepping stool and then snapped one of the long bows in half to make two spikes and she continued to make spikes she laid a trap for the worm she then covered herself in the filth head to toe and somebody's like what in the heck is she doing and Marie Sand explained she was laying a trap his eyes his eyes twinkled as he said this I just picture him just like realizing it and like trying not to look proud yeah because he's like impressed yeah like she's laying a trap yeah, uh-huh. but like he's trying to hold it back just a little bit. And I mean, I wrote all kinds of stuff on this page. I was like, y'all, this moment. <laughs> mm-hmm. We'll talk about it later. Give us a few episodes. We are going to let everything loose. Okay. Farrah gave him an obscene gesture and then ran toward the worm. She was running towards it, but lost it in the labyrinth. She heard Lucian scream, to your left, before the wall shattered, revealing the worm. She started running around the labyrinth until she got to the part where the trap was. She tried to slide in, in between where the spikes were, but the worm bit her arm. Farrah just kept going through, going with her arm still aching. Luckily, the worm let go. She kills the worm. She throws the bone she had used at Amarantha's feet, splattering her white dress with the mud. Amarantha tells her she made her courtiers use a lose a lot of money she tells her that there was only one person who she who bet she would win and then she gets quiet for a minute dismisses pharaoh and calls for resand one person had faith in pharaoh mm-hmm. well no might be the one with the twinkling eye 
All right, chapter 37. No one had visited her in the days after she won against the Midden Guard Worm. Her aunt was infected and she was running a fever, but she was trying to ignore that fact. And then she hears recent come into her cell. He asks what Tamlin would think seeing his champion waste away like this. And then he asks to see her arm. <laughs> She's like, no, why? No, get out. I know, it's a lot of no, no, no. <laughs> She's like, what do you want? No. What's the trade? No. No. <laughs> She asked him what he wants. He explained that she had won him a lot of money and he wants to help her. Uh, that didn't last that long. Um, <laughs> he was the one person. Yeah. I want to know what his conversation with Amarantha was like. I know, right? Pissed. And he was so casual. He was like, I just wanted to make it more fun. Yeah. Like, that's probably what he said. He's like, I have plenty of money because yeah. I'm the I'm the High Lord of the Night wor- Court, so you know night- <laughs> the Night World. I'm the, I'm the hu- Night World. I'm the King. I'm the High Lord of Prithian too. <laughs> I'm the High Lord of Prithian. I'm the richest one of them all. I can do it. I mean, honestly, yeah. <laughs> she proceeds to ask him what the cost would be. He tells her he wants a few wants her a few weeks out of each month. Of course, she refuses this. He tells her that Lucian won't be coming because Amarantha was outraged at Lucian because of him giving away the worm's whereabouts during the trial, and Tamlin had to beg for Lucian's life. And for this, Amarantha made Tamlin give Lucian his punishment of 20 lashes. So Feyre agrees to make this deal with uh, Reason, but negotiates him down to one week out of each month, which he agrees to. He immediately fixes everything, but now her entire left arm is tattooed, including her fingerprints. She has an eye on the palm of her hand. Feyre protests the tattoos, and Reeson tells her that it's customary in his court. He asks if she was protesting like this because of her high lord. He then tells her to rest up and leaves. My mans! My mans! And, like, she kind of eventually agrees to him healing her because she's like I don't know how long I'm gonna have to wait for freaking Lucian like he said he hesitated last time mm-hmm. and also and he doesn't know the limits of a human yeah. body so yeah she has to make another bargain for her life yeah once again and this one I mean she doesn't know what he's gonna want to do to her in the week every month for the rest of her life that he has her mm-hmm. but she goes with it anyway I mean she doesn't know this man Mm-mm. She knows that he bet on her and healed her, but she's also heard the stories about... He also saved her. Yeah. And then terrified her. I feel like the pros and cons with Reeson are very apparent right now. Yeah. But I mean, like, it's funny because, like I said, um, with the whole spirited away thing, he's a lot like Haku because when they're alone, he somehow manages to be like, to help her. Yeah. And then like, in public, it's like, he very much is like screw you yeah that's, i said f off yeah yeah and i mean in this particular situation you understand because he obviously doesn't want to act that way in front of like amarantha and mm-hmm. all those other people and also we learned about recent the different masks that he also wears there's mm-hmm. a bunch of characters were like he's really good at playing parts yeah he is and we learn more about that throughout the series, particularly the next book. Anyway. I was like, he's giving me vibes of some other character, and all I can think about is Loki. That's not who I want to say. Uh, chapter 38. It starts off, the guards gave Feyre a bucket and a brush and told her to scrub the floors in a marble hallway. Oh yeah, I forgot to mention, uh, Amarantha said that she would also be doing chores to earn mm-hmm. her place. Yeah, either way, she's gonna die. <laughs> Like, at this point, you know. The guard told her if it wasn't finished by supper, then they would put her 
on the spike and spin her around the fire a few times. Farrah scrubbed furiously at the floor that wouldn't come clean because of the dirty water they had given her. Which, you ever cleaned anything to the point where the water gets dirty and you're still trying to clean? There's no point. Uh, She asked for clean water, but the door had been locked. She went back to scrubbing, praying something would clean it so she wouldn't be roasted like a pig. Then the door opened and revealed Lucian's mother, the Lady of the Autumn Court. This is mm-hmm. the first time we, like, see her. She told Vera she was doing this because she gave her name to save her son's life and left. What? Because she, Vera gave Amarantha her name so that Lucian wouldn't die. Okay. Only when Vera went back to the water did she realize it had been replaced with clean water. So we see other people doing kind things mm-hmm. for Vera. Uh, the next day... They told her to pick the lentils from, pick lentils through ash and embers, or the owner of the room would rip her skin off. And both me and Peyton, I don't know if Reba while reading it, but we were both like, Cinderella! Yeah, I put, okay, SJM, you already have your Cinderella retelling. Why are you putting it in here, too? Because Selena would never. No, she wouldn't. (laughs) After sorting for hours with no luck, Farah's eyes were burning and her fingers ached. Then she felt a darkness come into the room. And the voice comes along with the darkness, a familiar voice that says, As wonderful as it is to see you, Farah, darling, do I want to know why you're digging through my fireplace? <laughs> Farah told him, like, she was picking lentils through the spire or through these ashes. That's what she was told to do. And he questioned why they would try to get him involved in the matter. Farah told Reason they were probably testing him because he lied about her being Claire. She asked about his powers and what Amarantha had taken from him. And then she asked if he knew that answer to the riddle which i don't know why she thinks he would give it to her i mean yeah he told her he couldn't tell her because if amarantha commanded them to all stop breathing they would he has that much power over them then he snapped his fingers and she was clean of all the ash and all the lentils were back in the bucket he told her it was because she had the guts to ask him to do this in the first place she asked for help finally he tells the guards that she has finished her finished her task. And then one of the guards goes to grab for her. Reese gives them a murderous smile. He glamours them and says, No more task. And if anyone touches her, they will take their own daggers and gut themselves. He then turns to Farah and tells her, You're welcome. My man's Your man's. How do you feel I'll about her? How you feel yeah. How you feel about that chapter? Love it. Love it. No? Oh, I do. Okay. Well, you were like, oh, like, recent. I forgot how horrible he was and everything. And I'm like, yes, he, he definitely does something <laughs> that I do not agree with. Mm-hmm. Once again, he has his moments. After after he helps her the first time, I really don't have a problem yeah. with him. That's when his horribleness stops. But damn, when it was like, when he was in her mind and stuff, I was like, this isn't the Reese I remember. But it's him. But it's him. He's playing the long game. This is Caitlin's favorite chapter of the whole book. Chapter 39. No one came to see Farah after that, but she was getting a hot meal once a day. After about four days, two Haifei women came to her cell. They merged but never fully materialized like Resan did. They dressed her in a gown that barely covered her bo- 
her and painted her with body paint. She tells him their bargain hasn't started yet, and he tells her that he needs an escort for the party. She asked him if the paint was necessary. He asked her how else would he know if someone touched her. He warns her that someone, that that someone is Tamlin, and Rhysand does not like his playthings tampered with. He takes her to the party and gives her fairy wine to drink. This part. I like talked about this chapter and I was like, uh, why do I love this so much? But it was before I read all of it. So part of it, like what I thought was in it wasn't and happens later. So I take back some of what I said. Because him making her drink, I'm not going to talk about like my thoughts and reasoning and everything right now. But like, it's a little twisted. Yeah, it is. Where he's just like, drink. Mm -hmm. That's... Mm-hmm. wear skimpy clothes did, did you describe the dress i said it barely covered her do you want to it's like he's just too like small lower pieces cut of lower cut like you know just covering the boobs burly and then the bottom is like the two panels that covered the boobs and then one panel that goes in between her legs like it's barely anything made of like gossamer fabric like barely anything is what she's wearing mm-hmm and like it's backless. I think she's got something covering the booty, but past that. Yeah. And then the rest of her is covered in that paint that matches her new tat. Mm-hmm. So it's a look. She remembers Alice told her not to drink the fairy wine and refuses. He insists and she finally does. She wakes up the next morning in her cell still wearing the same dress and blue paint smudged all over her waist and arms. Lucian comes to see her and she asks what happened. He tells her Resand made her dance on him and sit in or sit in his lap the entire night to taunt Tamlin. That night Reese does the same thing and keeps repeating the events. Wait, 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 wait. She, whenever she, like, looks at the paint being smudged and everything, she says, who did that to me? Mm -hmm. And those words broke me. Yeah. Because I was just like, oh, and then she's like, did Tamlin see? Yeah. He's like, of course, Reese wanted to see how he would react. The night before the second trial, Reese and ask her if she would like to see her lord one more time before then she told him she would see tamlin after she had won the whole thing while they're walking to the party farah says he saved her life he told her through saving her life he had saved tamlin's too before anything else could be said it had come out that a summer lordling lordling tried to escape. Amarantha told Rhysand to shatter his mind. Rhysand instead kills him by frying his brain. Farrah tried to decide if this was out of mercy. So much. And then there are a few things that I just, I couldn't figure out. I have random page numbers. Okay, so Farrah asked Lucian at one point about the spell put on Tamlin because she assumes Tamlin is acting this way and seeming like he doesn't care due to a spell and Lucian explains to her there is no spell behind it. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Yeah, because like Explain he's completely game. stoic the whole mm-hmm. time. He doesn't give her any reactions whatsoever. Yeah. Lucian's like, maybe he's doing this for your benefit. Um, and then a little moment later on with the conversation between Feyre and Reese Sand, um, where I mean they're talking about the court's falling and everything, and she says your court fell too to him, mm-hmm. and he gets this look. So yeah, I think before he kills the summer fairy Feyre notices something and she is said Reese slipped a hand out of his pocket and dangled at his side I could have sworn phantom talons flickered there as his fingers curled slightly 
So I'm like thinking this is a moment where like Reese's emotions are like showing. Mm-hmm. It um, is. I was like, oh, 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 I see that. I see that. Make a note. Make a note. We're on chapter 40. The second trial was about to take place. They were located in a cavern smaller than the throne room. Amarantha was the only one seated. Tamlin stood behind her on one side and the Ator on the other. Tamlin and Feyre stared at each other long enough for Am- Amarantha to hiss at Tamlin. She asked Feyre if she had the answer for the riddle. Feyre didn't answer. And so Amarantha proceeds to show her the next challenge. Feyre is placed in a pit with Lucian se- separated by metal bars. She has a choice of three levers. One will save them. The other will send metal spikes over their heads to crush them to death. The levers were numbered and there was writing on the wall. Unfortunately, Pharaoh's <laughs> reading ability had not improved enough for her to be, as Peyton wrote, past the first grade level. I feel like that's accurate. So, it, doesn't she think, like, okay, how did they know that I couldn't read? Yeah, yeah. she thinks that. Only these people know the truth about that. Mm-hmm. But then she also thinks about it and goes, nah, Amarantha would have really held that over my head. Oh, if, yeah. If she like, knew. Every trial would have been. She would have just handed you the riddle and <laughs> yeah. not said it. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Lucian looks up to realize the, the issue, but he is too far away to read the riddle for her. She tries sounding out the words, but it was taking too long. She thought of just saying goodbye to Tamlin right then and there. <laughs> and Lucian yells at her to just pick a lever. She thought about it and... She decided that two was her lucky number and so decided on on pulling lever two. Now, what does the eye do? It doesn't do it doesn't just narrow at her, it does something else. It burns her hand. Um it says I reached for the second lever, but a blinding pain racked my hand before I could touch the stone. I hissed withdrawing, I opened my palm to reveal the slitted eye tattooed there. It narrowed, I had to be hallucinating. It was like no no no. <laughs> it, as she reaches for lever two, she gets a pain up her arm and the eye just narrows at her. The eye that's part of the tattoo Two. that Reese gave her, if we don't remember. She tries reaching for it again and the same thing happens. She then reaches for lever three. However, nothing happened when she reached for that one. However, when she re- reached for lever one, it did the same thing as in the shooting pain as it did for lever mm-hmm. two. She glances up at Reese, who looked positively bored. And, of course, she figures out that the third lever had to be it and pulls that one. Smart girl. So, Pharaoh's about to fall apart because she would never win the third trial based on this. Yeah, she... The fact that she can't read and that almost cost her everything really mm-hmm. tears her. And she had to cheat in order to win. Like, she should have died right then yeah. and there. Yeah, she's like, this, this should have been it. Like, I should have died right now. And my <laughs> thing that I mentioned in one of our last episodes where I was like, I want to bring this up later, had to do with Feyre's reading and how that isn't a problem that is solved in this book. It's something that even, you know, causes this to happen, like mm-hmm. something she's so insecure about earlier on and it it's not like she's built up Mm-mm. after all this. No, it, it just brings her back down again. Which yeah. I think is interesting because you feel like, you know, insecurities and stuff mentioned within a book might be solved or something. Mm-hmm. Especially this. Within the book. But no, it's still going to be there. It's still a part of her. Reason spoke to her mentally and told her not to cry because she was very much on the verge of crying here. She had to stand tall and stare Amarantha down. The only thing keeping her from sobbing was Reason coaching her through this encounter with Amarantha. So, yeah. Is this the first time she knows Reason is in her mind? Yeah. Okay. When she reached her cell, she wept for hours. She could not stop thinking about how she should have been dead right then. And if it wasn't for Reason's help, everything she would have done would have been in vain. And then Reason shows up and, and then proceeds to ask 
if she was still crying, which of course she was. <laughs> Are you still crying? He he drops down to face her and then starts to lick away her tears. <laughs> Y'all. This scene. <laughs> I I mentioned this. We we think it was whenever we were reading the Shiver series, but talking specifically about I believe one of the characters in Shiver doing the No, no. It was it was fing Edward. It wasn't Edward? Okay. It so was King Edward ago, during our Midnight Sun era, and you know Edward does the like touch the tear and then like lick his finger, and I was like y'all, and a quarter of thorns and roses. Reese looks Ferris face, mm-hmm. and it's so weird. <laughs> and it was before y'all read it, so yeah. I was just like, it's so gross. Now y'all know. Now we and know. And now our audience knows if they've been with us that long and yeah. heard me freaking out about it then. But this is where it happens. Yeah, this is where it happens. He licked her face. And it made her feel better, magically. <laughs> He's like, I thought that would get you to stop crying. And she was like, yeah, and it was disgusting. Yeah, because then she like tries to push him away because she's like, she kept telling him to leave and he told her he was shocked to find out she couldn't read. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, go away. He's like, I really am surprised you don't know but how to she's read. like, he's going to make fun of me for this. Like, yeah. he always, already thinks I'm a stupid human like everybody else. <laughs> he's just like, I'm really surprised you couldn't read. He asked her if it would be punishment to teach her to read when she was in his court. He left and Farrah was shocked to realize that he kept her from completely shattering. Yeah, so him coming to her and having this weird ass moment with her. (laughs) She was just like, after he left, she was like, why do I feel better? <laughs> Sometimes. It's <laughs> the like, weirdest interaction. Now what? I'm going to be thinking about the fact that his saliva was on my face for a minute. What insane person like is like, you know what's going to make this person feel better? If I lick no. their tears. Yeah. And then I love how he's like, so um, whenever you come to my place for a week every month, would it be like torture if you if I like taught you how to read? Like, is that something... That would be cool. Like, can we do that? <laughs> he wasn't asking. He was like, I bet it would be torture. That's what we're going to do. I'm going to be like, so would it be like, you know, cool if we... <laughs> People listening to this to be like her hearing the bargain she made earlier and being like, oh, he's going to do all these terrible things. And now it's the, I'm going to teach you how to <laughs> read instead <laughs> during that time. Now he's going to do horrible things. <laughs> I mean, that's what she still thinks. Like. Yeah. Anyway. Chapter 41. Vera sank into a depression after the second trial. So Reese licking her face. I'm sorry. <laughs> Reese Sand, we still call him Reese Sand, did not do much. For I her. don't know when it shifts into her starting to call him Reese. Um it's in the sec- second book definitely. No, it's in it's in here. What? It's like in the very end. I'm like, what? We'll get there. We'll get there today. So she was getting really depressed and she gave up trying to figure out the riddle. She just was like, we got one more trial. We're going to, we're just going to do it. Everything's falling apart. It's fine. Thinking Tamlin made everything worse because she knew she wouldn't pass third test. What? Thinking about Tamlin made it worse because she wouldn't. Oh. Let me explain it better. Like, it makes sense in my head. We were talking about earlier how whenever we're confused about a note, Peyton's like, obviously, is this, you idiots? Well, sometimes I wonder if y'all have actually read the book, and I'm just like... It means this, guys. I'm sorry, we don't absorb every single word like you do, Peyton. <laughs> and I try to abridge it and then make no sense. Okay. Or you have sentences like this where you left out a word or something. Okay. Thinking about Tamley made everything worse because she knew she was going to die. She was going to disappoint him. You know, they weren't going to be together. 
they were all going to be dead. I'm sorry, she was going to be dead. He was going to be enslaved. It didn't matter what she was fighting for. If she even managed to make it out alive, she would only have a few decades left before she would perish. So even if she made this out and, you know, was able to be with Tamlin... He would outlive her. Like, yeah. he's immortal and she's just amazingly human. She didn't want to think of painting her life as if it had no color anymore. The only thing she ever looked forward to now was the goblet of fairy wine Resan would give her before she would forget herself for a few hours. Feyre was walking into the dressing room with the shadow attendants when they heard the Ator talking with someone. They hid behind a tapestry and one of them put a hand over Feyre's mouth. The Ator and whatever other creature discussed how Amarantha was going to get troops from the High Lords and how the King of Highburn was not happy with Feyre's trial. The Ator assured him that Amarantha was on the king's side and they continued to walk on not noticing the eavesdropper. So this other creature is from the king of Highburn? Mm-hmm. Like was sent? Okay. Yeah. And why is the king does it say why he's not happy with the trials happening? He just feels like it's a waste of time? Like He thinks it's I think so but it's also something about it being dangerous. Like she goes on these little tirades oh, and okay. she might reveal her hand too soon maybe. Vera asked if Reese knew any of the it's- she say Reese? No, she okay. says Reesan. Feyre asked if Reesan knew of this, and one of the figures told her that he would soon. At the party, Feyre went over her memories with Tamlin. She accepted her trial would be in two days, and she was going to die. All right, chapter 42. So in this chapter, she starts shortening his name in her mind. 42? Yes. Yeah. It, the first time I see it is on page 380. They're getting closer, guys. Yeah, I just changed really? it to Reese because I got re- real close in this one. Uh, I changed it to Reese up there because I was like, oh my goodness, she's called him Reese. I don't know if she called him up here, but I'm going to change it. It was the last party before the third trial. Reese wasn't acknowledging Feyre yet because of some Fey woman sitting on his lap. Feyre longed for the fairy wine to sweep her into the morning. Tamlin came up and stood beside her. Cat- Casually. Casually. They were very still looking out to the crowd. Neither one of them turned to the other. Didn't they do like a little hand brush? Yeah. The both of them sneak into another room. I'm not sure if it's the throne room or not. And make out. This is one of the stupidest decisions that they've oh, yeah. <laughs> ever made. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she was like, one last hurrah. And he was like, one last hurrah. And they start making out and grinding on each other. They're just dry humping in the hallway or the throne room or whatever mm-hmm. they are. And then... <laughs> They're about to do something more when someone said shameful. <laughs> shameful. They turn to see Reese standing there. He tells Tamlin how stupid he is and how he needs to leave. Reese makes a joke about to Farah about asking him to do the nasty with instead. If she really needed the release. <laughs> he then proceeds to lecture her about how she could get herself killed if someone else could have caught them. She asked him why he even cared. Reese just kept repeating, why do I care? Why would I care? You know, over and over again, getting angrier and angrier as he said it. Vera could see his wings springing from his back. He suddenly looks at the door and his whole demeanor changes. He ferociously kissed Vera (laughs) while the door flinged open, revealing Amarantha and Tamlin behind her. Oh, this, the first time that I see, if it's on 380, where she says Reese, is whenever she says Reese's lips crushed to mine. 
Yeah. While they're kissing, she calls him Reese. Yeah. They're just really close in that moment, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Just like shortening it up. His tongue is in her mouth, and she's like, I guess we could have nicknames for each other now. <laughs> I don't know. told them she was not surprised and said at how fickle and dull human hearts were. They all walked out of the room. Reese told her that he was done with her for the night and told her to go back to her cell. A few hours Wait, 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 wait. So much. So much. So much. So much. So much that I can't say right now. And that one of us is going to have to remember. <laughs> Why would I care? Why would I care? Mm-hmm. Him kissing her. There are reasons that are about to be explained. And then afterwards, just being like, okay, bye. So many but things. I can't say. Mm-hmm. I say pause. Let's talk about this. But I realize I can't talk about anything. So. Yeah, that's why I was going to keep going. Yeah, keep going. A little while later, a few hours actually, Reese stumbles into her cell. He leans back on the wall, then slides to the floor across from Pharaoh. <laughs> she asks what he wants. He's just like, ugh. He tells her a moment of quiet because that bitch was running him ragged. <laughs> And then a quote from the book. You hate me. Imagine how you'd feel if I made you serve me in my bedroom. I'm high lord of the night court, not her harlot. And then he keeps, like, this is a way longer conversation than I have it down here. I mean, like, he keeps explaining, like, his plans. He's tired and lonely and just needed somebody to talk to. And Like, this is the first moment, I feel, where you're not just seeing... Reese either being an asshole or Reese helping Farah. It's like him being like, I'm tired. Can yeah. we just chat? Mm-hmm. Like, you see more of who he might actually be. Mm-hmm. He's letting go of that one mask. Yeah. And he tells Farah about how the whole reason that he does what he does like her body pain, all that was so that he's trying to piss Tamlin off enough mm-hmm. that when Amarantha, uh, when the curse is lifted, when Feyre breaks the curse, that Tamlin will be so pissed off at Amarantha that he immediately eviscerates her. And he's like, hopefully he won't like go after me. And he's like, that's why I <laughs> haven't touched too much. <laughs> he's like, that's why I haven't touched you besides on your Just waist and your him. arm. And Feyre's like, but what about tonight where you uh, made out with me? And I'm pretty sure he uh, got to second base there too. <laughs> Probably. Uh, I think she mentioned something about the paint being smudged there because it's Reese. Yeah. <laughs> he couldn't help it. Couldn't help the it. Moment. And also, like like I mentioned, the fairy wine earlier and how that being a twisted mood move. But like she mentioned like now and right before this, but how that was kind of something that she looked forward to because it was an escape. Mm-hmm. And like he he like, corroborates yeah. it. He's like, you need to I give it to you so that you won't remember what's going mm-hmm. on. I don't know if it's now or later that he tells her that, but that's. But we're not justifying getting someone drunk but. or drugging. <laughs> technically, it's like roofing yeah, but somebody. Like, her her time there is horrible anyway. Mm-hmm. Like and he him being the one touching her and like making sure that she's with him all the time is ensuring that no one else is mm-hmm. too. So that's just a slight justification for the twisted actions that are still there. Mm-hmm. Okay, chapter 43. It was the last trial. Farah tells Tamlin, who's sitting next to Amar- Amarantha, that she will always love him. Even when they burn her body, she will love him. 
Amarantha tells her there won't be much to burn after today. They give Feyre a knife and escort... I thought they came in all at once, though. Um, They give Feyre a knife and escort a Fey male in for her to kill. The Fey begged for his life. Let's back up a second. Yeah, the, ta- the task is that she has to kill these Fey that are completely innocent. Yeah. And mm-hmm. Amarantha's like, what? I thought you were cool with killing the Fey. Mm-hmm. You've done it before. Obviously, that was... 400 pages ago. So, <laughs> it's not as cool now. So, the first one is a female that she has to kill. He begs for his life, and Pharaoh, of course, kills him anyway. They have another fairy this time, a female. She, too, and she doesn't really beg for her life, though. She starts to say a prayer for herself. And, of course, this really hurts Pharaoh even more, but she ends up killing her anyway. I was just trying to get to this next part. Well, so. yeah, I get it, but like. <laughs> but each time she does it, she's like. Yeah, she's Man. like... She's got that guilt complex. That's, that's what I was trying to get away from was all the, oh, woe is... I get where Feyre is coming from. I understand it's terrible. But riding out every single time she feels bad overdoing something that's <laughs> in this book. I mean, it like, yeah. I'm gonna hate the first part of the next book because it's gonna be like, uh-huh. we might not even do a few chapters in that because it's just gonna be all of that but fine anyway that's what i'm trying to get away from so for this task she has to kill three fairies and then so she kills the second fae and then pharaoh notices that the tamlin that was standing next to amarantha actually changed into the ator and she looks to who the third fae is that she has to kill and realizes that it's tamlin this means that either she would kill she would have to kill the one she had fought so hard to free or she would enslave everyone here under the mountain and have to kill herself. Reese looked pale. She tried to think, Pharaoh tried to think why would Amarantha do this? She would not destroy Tamlin since she desired him so much. Then Pharaoh remembered the Ator and Lucian mentioning Tamlin's stone heart. She told Tamlin she loved him and stabbed the dagger through his heart. My heart of stone. This is the part where Peyton was like, yeah, this part. And I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> the whole ending of the book. I, I was still like, what are you talking about to like this morning? So, <laughs> it's not the whole ending. It's just the solution. It's one of the times yeah. where the phrase a heart of stone is actually quite, quite literal. Yeah. <laughs> it literally has a heart of stone and it had to do with, it didn't have to do with the curse. And, yeah, it did. Yeah. She moved because he didn't love her. So she. It's very um, Regina from. Uh, uh, once upon a time. Mm-hmm. Very much so. Except she has everyone's hearts and boxes, and she uses them as she pleases. Yeah, whenever she wants to kill her them, and Amarantha would them. be buddies in the first season. Yeah, I was like, but Regina redeems herself. So. <laughs> Spoiler alert! Chapter forty-four. So she tells Tamlin that she loves him. Oh, she did tell him. I was concerned this morning after I finished the book that she didn't say that she loved him. Yeah, I was like, she told him like right before her third trial she actually said it and then she stabs him as you do and then she freaked out when she saw the blood but realized she had hit something stone in his chest she removed the dagger and the dagger was like curved yeah the tip was from hitting the stone tamlin's wound then started to heal and reese was green grinning from ear to ear she did it she did it she did it. Amarantha was on her feet. That bitch stood up. Mm-hmm. Pharaoh wanted to scream at Tamlin, kill her now! People in the crowd were chanting for Amarantha to set them free. Amarantha told them she would free them whenever she wanted, but Pharaoh never agreed to a specific 
specified time. Then Amarantha turned her attention to Feyre and told her, I'm going to kill you. She then proceeded to beat the daylights out of Feyre, telling her if she just said she didn't love him, then she would spare her. Reese kept screaming, Feyre! Yeah, and it was like, how did she describe it? Like a growl, like he kept like, Like, And Feyre was sobbing and screaming in pain while she was being beaten to death. Reese grabbed the ash dagger and went for Amarantha's throat. She didn't even turn to him as she threw him backwards with her magic. She kept on hitting him with it, calling him a traitor, which I guess he is in her eyes. Ferris screams out for her to stop. Amarantha breaks Ferris' spine and Reese calls out her name. Feyre was dying. She went through the events of her life. Tamlin finally started speaking up and trying to get her to stop. This is the part that I have the biggest issue with Tamlin. And for the entire thing, it's Reese is fighting so hard to save Feyre's life. Meanwhile, Tamlin, who is supposed to love this girl Mm -hmm. with all his entirety, doesn't say anything this whole time. And... Well, other than I've never seen her before in my life. Oh, yeah. Other than I've never seen her before in my life. I don't know that bitch. I hit it and quit it. Um, but I paid her handsomely for it, too. But I've never seen her a day in my wrong? life. That may be my child in her stomach, but that's not my. No, I'm kidding. Feyre's <laughs> not pregnant. Feyre is not pregnant. She is paralyzed now, but no, she's, she's not, not pregnant. pregnant. This, this is, is a not, Twilight. This is not Twilight. <laughs> Not all pregnancies but, lead to paralysis. Yeah, like, um, and I mean, we'll mention this throughout the series too, the comparison of what Tamlin's willing to do mm-hmm. to what Reese is and how they just handle everything. And I mentioned this a little bit whenever I was like, Tamlin is like Aaron Burr. Sir. Yeah. Aaron Burr, sir. A la the musical. I don't know if a la actual history because I don't know. So he was trying to speak up and telling Amarantha to stop. The Amarantha continued to beat her. Farah thinks of the riddle, and then she tells Amarantha the answer is love. love. Obviously. Yeah. Which, if we go back to the riddle, it makes so much sense. And, like, whenever she's thinking, oh, it's love, she, like, goes through the different lines of the poem, or the riddle. She's like, oh, that's why this is love, blah, 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 blah. And she, like, thinks of it in her own perspective. Mm-hmm. And it, like, goes back and forth between the riddle and her own thoughts. And I wrote, it's like a genius interview whenever they ask singers about yeah. their songs and they sing a little bit. And they're like, I wrote this because of blah, blah, blah. This is how it relates to my life. I was mm-hmm. like, so she says, it's love. And then um, Amarantha snaps her spine again and Vera dies. Nice. All the while, uh, Amarantha is really just screaming this entire time, say you don't love him. Is she like just so obsessed with these men? Yes. Carl. She wants to be High Lady of Prithian. She's going to get all the High Lords. All the High Lords. (laughs) That'd be one way to do it, I guess. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of how Pharaoh does it. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. Um... (laughs) Spoiler, spoiler! Well, I mean, you gotta think of the High Lord of the Summer Court. <laughs> Stop. 
I love that part too. I love it. It's so good. Just be ready. Yeah, and at this time, like their curse is lifted because that was the immediate one. Was the she didn't specify an ending time to that? No, no. she didn't. <laughs> okay, chapter forty-five. She was far away, but still seeing through someone else's eyes. The person she was seeing through looked over to her body on the ground. They saw Lucian remove his mask with tears in his eye. A golden light showed, and Tamlin had turned into a beast. Amarantha begged for her life, but Tamlin tore her to shreds. It's a lot more violent than Peyton just summarized there. <laughs> well, would, I, I'm trying to keep it... I can't even curse on this thing like without her bleeping me out. You think I'm going to go into full detail of what happens? The person Farah was seeing through got closer to her corpse, and it was only then she realized that it was Reese, and she was seeing through. Tamlin scooped her up and cradled her. All of the High Lords gathered, and they gave a fraction of their power to Farah again. But the first one who, like, approaches and starts this action I found very odd. The High Lord of the Autumn Court. I was like, really? I got a reason for it when we get to A Court of Mist and Fury. Okay, but I was like, huh? Mm -hmm. Really? This is who starts this? Mm -hmm. Or I'll tell you in a corner here later. Um, In the corner. (laughs) corner. (laughs) Whisper it to me softly. (laughs) Caitlin, come hither to the corner. Just us across the room with Reba <laughs> on the other side. We're like, whisper, 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 whisper. And then giggling. Okay. You do that anyway. What's the difference? <laughs> we don't whisper. I was like screaming about stuff later on in the series this, this morning, morning. So I'm surprised you didn't. You probably did hear it. But probably. I heard a good chunk of things. So I don't remember what it was, but I was like, whoa. I definitely tune in by the time you start talking about a Cinderella story, so. <laughs> that was a full 30-minute rant. I know, and I heard a good chunk of it. I was like, I just love a Cinderella story. <laughs> and then you're talking about Channing Tatum and how terrible an actor we're he like, is. like, it's fun, though. Like, <laughs> it's good. Talk- we're talking about... She's the man on that one. Yeah, I know, because that's the automatic movie Caitlin and I would go to about regarding him. And he's so great in it, because he's such a bad actor. Anyway, they're trying to <laughs> Why do we do this? It's always, like, at the worst, like, tense times. We're like, joke time. That's how I read, too. I yeah. just start zoning out. Reese tells him this makes them even and gives some of his power to Feyre. Tamlin gave his power and told her he loved her. Are they, like, dropping? It says it looks like sparks. Yeah. <laughs> Onto Pharaoh. Mm-hmm. And I guess they know this is going to do something. Yeah. Well, Reese says it's a gift that has been given to a few before. So they've done it before, but... Yeah, so <laughs> all the High Lords, all seven of them, mm-hmm. are participating in this. Yes. So apparently they knew they could turn a human to a fae. Maybe. Or maybe bringing them back to life. I don't know. Chapter 46. It's our last chapter. Yes, chapter 46. Feyre awoke and was in shock to realize she felt no pain. Her fingers even felt different. She sprang to her feet and noticed how much stronger she felt. They had changed her into a high fae. She panicked over the thought of murdering those two fairies. Tamlin tells her that changing her into high fae was the only way to save her. And he shows her his true face for the first time without the mask. And of course, she thinks, you're exactly how I thought you would look. Yeah. <laughs> you're still hot. <laughs> you're so hot. Later, Farah sits on her bed and 
thinks again of those deaths. While she was being resurrected, the worst of Amarethna's people had snuck away, including the Ator and Lucian's brothers. Tamlin came into the room and told her how grateful he was to her. He looked over her arm and tried to say something. The tattoo on, on her arm. Feyre told him she didn't want to talk about it, and he proceeded to tell her they would find a way out. I thought they did more than kiss, but okay. I'm pretty sure they do. Yeah, they, I'm pretty sure they do, Well, too. I was keeping it PG. I wasn't going to be like... Yes, I, we are PG. Yeah, I was like, we're way past that. <laughs> okay, so they don't f- but they make out heavily. He's, she's like, he kissed every inch of me. <laughs> like, yeah. She's like, I touched every inch of him. Like, that's kind of... I was just... I was just abridging it yeah i think they actually do do the deed but okay it it don't matter (laughs) at this point it don't matter it ain't even a good time it's not a fun time it's just a time it's just a time so Feyre awakens from something like a string pulling her and she leaves the room and finds reese on a balcony outside she asks what he wants and he tells her that he's saying goodbye she Reminded him it wouldn't be forever since she's indebted to him for a week of every month. Feyre asks him why, referring to what happened in the throne room, and he tells her he didn't want to just sit on the sidelines. The exact line was, um, because when the legends get written, I didn't want to be remembered for standing on the sidelines. I want my future offspring to know that I was there that I fought against her at the end, even if I couldn't do anything useful. And I'm like, this says a lot about him, too. Okay, when Feyre... Wait, whoa. Where am I at? When she doesn't say anything, he tells her it's because he didn't want her to fight alone or die alone. Feyre tells him, thank you. And he proceeds to tell her she won't be thanking him when he takes her to the night court. <laughs> and then this is at the a time where she notices um, his wings, and he she asks him if he's going to fly home. He tells her it would take too long to do so, but he really wants to. She tells him she didn't know he loved flying. He's no everything <laughs> I love has always had the tendency to be taken from me. And I was like... And he doesn't tell anybody about the wings. Yeah. He then proceeds to ask her how she feels about being a high fae, and she tells him that she still had her human heart. He tells her it was a good thing as opposed to the fae that feel nothing. He turns to tell her goodbye, but when his eyes meet hers, he seems shocked by something, and he stumbles backwards. Farrah tries to ask what is going on, but he disappears. Yeah. Yeah. This is strange. Your mm-hmm. first time reading, I'm sure. Third time reading, you bracket it and say, ah! ah! <laughs> I knew, I, I guessed right there what had happened, mm-hmm. so I'm, I don't know if she has or not. We'll ask in after sure the- us being dramatic about it. <laughs> doesn't help anything. Get through the last three stars well, so we can talk about the end. They're now deciding to leave and everyone go back to their home. So Tamlin and Farah are the last to leave under the mountain, and Tamlin destroys the entrance as they leave. Faye returns to him and tells him, let's go home. The freaking end. We're done. We're done. Except we're not. <laughs> we're a third of the way done. Oh. How we feel? Well, I liked it the first time around. I still like it the second time around. Reba hated it. I don't hate it, but I'm not enthused by it. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Yeah, understand. I think I've shared my opinions enough on like how I feel about the first book compared to the rest of the series, and that hasn't changed at all. So there are more things I pick up on reading it a third time, mm-hmm. which by reading it, I skimmed most of it. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, so this is happening here, and I still missed half of it, but that's just normal. Good setup. Good setup. And like like we've said, Sarah J. Mass loves to do this thing where the first book doesn't match the rest of the series. Nope. <laughs> so the next book is really where you're like, oh, okay. This is actually what's going on. Got yeah. it. So this is like 
retelling a fairy tale central to me. Mm-hmm. And like setting up this world and kind of setting up Feyre as a character and everything. Mm-hmm. The rest of the series is just, for me, something entirely different. Yeah, it is. So, um, Reba, what do you think is going to happen? Feyre is a high fae now. Mm-hmm. Her and Tamlin are going to live happily ever after. Reese is supposed to get her a week every month, but yep. he's being weird. Um, Amarantha's gone, so everything's solved. Mm-hmm. There. Uh, the sisters are just living their life along with her dad. Everything's fine there, too. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what could go wrong. I, I mean, no I assumed based on that last interaction with Reese that he realized they were mates, but. Okay. Okay. That's my guess. The rest of it, I have no idea, considering you keep saying that the first book is very different from the rest of the series, so I have no guesses. <laughs> I'm trying to keep my cards close to my chest, but I want you to have a little peek sometimes. We'll do it after, maybe? We'll discuss it. Discuss what? If we tell Reba before she reads the next one, or we'll go to our She's corner. A synopsis. But yeah, like, I mean, this isn't my favorite. It's a setup for a good series, but like, so many people adore this book. Mm -hmm. in particular but so many people adore the series are like yeah this one is my fave yeah let me put it this way i told them like based on just the first book i don't understand the hype for this series yeah (laughs) i completely understand that like i put down this book the first time i read it one i was busy too like it wasn't really holding my interest and i picked it back up just to finish it and then i decided to reread it so that i could read the rest of the series because the series was getting so hyped and that was only last year like a year and a half ago so, like, I completely understand that. If you're not into some aspects of a story like this, then it can be hard to get through. Meanwhile, I loved it the first time I read it, and I read mm-hmm. it in three days. <laughs> I'm the odd one out here. That's fine. I mean, technically, I read it also in three days, but just very distinct <laughs> days apart between the first and the two, second and third days. <laughs> Maybe that has to do with it, too. Like, yeah. I'm in the mood to read something. Yeah. Which, yeah. Any final thoughts on Akotar? I'm excited to s- for y'all to see how this all pans out mm-hmm. in our storyline. Um, tune in next time for us beginning A Court of Mist and Fury. Mm-hmm. I like that title better. Really? I, I like A Court of Thorns and Roses. I love A Court of Thorns and Roses. That's genius. I like Mist and Fury title better. I like them both. And then we got Wings and Ruin. That one's not my fave. No. You know what the my favorite one was? Like, book cover the name frost and starlight yeah <laughs> the contents sucked that was the worst tune in for our bonus episode where it's literally going to be like 40 minutes of me ranting about that book i'll just Novella. spoil silver flame sounds good sounds like a plan because by then i'll have read it because it's coming out next month it's out now but the the paperback's not going to come out till next month, and I pre-ordered the paperback because I bought all the paperbacks. I like the paperbacks. I really like the covers for this series. I know, they're so pretty. We need to take a picture of all my different copies. Yeah. <laughs> to see that nothing matches. <laughs> Be like, there's a certain type of reader, and this ain't it. But yeah, um, we'll be back next week with A Court of Mist and Fury, a.k.a. my fave. We'll get to see how it's going. I'm still going to rant about some characters and swoon over others, but mm-hmm. try and keep my mouth shut, mm-hmm. which I'm not doing a very good job at. Mm-hmm. I'm trying. You've um, done very good. These f- first five episodes, I am so proud of you. Yeah. I did not <laughs> expect it to go this well. I was, well, going into this season, I was like, I should pretend like I love Tamlin. And then I was like, no, I've been very obvious. 
but I don't. Yeah. I'm just talking about other things. I've I've actually been more of, oh, well, I'm not going to say anything about this. Well, aspect. even without me knowing the rest of the series, I also don't like Tamlin, so. <laughs> I'll talk more about that coming up. Yeah. Tune next in, time. Tune on the in. Up podcast. Definitely next week. We will be talking mm-hmm. about it. Yeah. See you next time. <laughs> See you next time. Which for us is three weeks later. Bye. How's everyone doing tonight? I'm great. Is this it our stand-up show? 12.05 p.m. <laughs>